Amen. It is good to see every one of you in the house of the Lord tonight. Matthew chapter 7 is where I'd like to begin by reading. I'm going to talk to us tonight about the house on the rock. So Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 2 and then one verse from Colossians 1. So Matthew chapter 7 is where we're beginning. And verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And the rain descended. And the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So you can put a marker there, or just turn over with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. I'm going to read a few verses here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19. this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. He says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God, through the Spirit. So Jesus talked about the house built upon the rock. Paul talks about that we are a habitation of the Spirit built up together. And then one final verse from Colossians chapter 1, just a few pages on over, verse 23. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23 reads, If you continue in the faith grounded and settled, And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The news over the last few days has had a story about a tropical storm that had hit or has hit, made landfall in Florida. I think they were anticipating it could be a hurricane, and it may have been at one point, I'm not for sure, but the storm apparently or evidently it it calmed down, and now uh, the storm Elsa is in Florida. It's a lot of rain going on, Um, but storms and hurricanes, they're not new to people that live on the Gulf Coast. They're used to them. People that live on the eastern coast of the United States, they they know about hurricanes, they know all about them. Um, in fact, I read in Florida in 2004, there were four hurricanes that came all in one season that hit Florida in that one year, Hurricane Charlie, Hurricane Francis, Ivan, and Jean. And you know as well as I do that storms can be very destructive. Uh, one of the most destructive ones in recent memory was Hurricane Katrina. And we probably all heard stories about Katrina and what the effect that it had on uh, New Orleans and really the entire Gulf Coast 
I went down to Gulfport to see some family, Gulfport, Mississippi, about a year after Katrina hit. And the aftermath of that storm was still all over the place. I mean, there were uh, houses that had been just leveled and taken off, uh, you know, carried inland and just horrible circumstances, catastrophe and devastating. And, um, but it was the combination of the high winds and the, and the high waters that as it invaded the land, it just it did untold destruction and took many lives. But I've noticed that when I go to the coast, the Gulf Coast, Mississippi, and, and, and other places, that there's a lot of, usually a lot of nice houses that are built on the coast. A lot of big places, people want a place right where they can open the windows and see the water and enjoy the view. And so they, they build their houses right close to the water. But most structures that are built right on the coast, they're not built with a traditional foundation, are they? They're not built with a, just a normal uh, way that we might build our houses around here, but they are usually built on some kind of a pier or some kind of a post. They're, they're elevated, so if the waters do come in inland off of the coast, the waters don't flood the houses, or that's the hope. And another reason they don't build them right on the sand is obvious, is that if you build a house on the sand, it's not a stable foundation. Sand blows and sand erodes away. When the water saturates the sand, the sand shifts. You've, many of you, have, I'm sure, have been uh, on a beach somewhere and have watched the effect of water in the sand. Um, it can wash away. In fact, a lot of times after a hurricane, they have to go back and they have to rebuild the beaches. They have to redo the beaches because so much of the sand has been washed and eroded away. Um, it just, a storm does a lot of damage. I remember my dad talking about Hurricane Camille. My dad was raised in Gulfport, Mississippi, and Hurricane Camille hit in 1969. And he said it was, it was, it was on the level of Katrina. It was a, a horrible storm, but he said their house in Gulfport, that after that storm, that house was actually sitting more like this. You know, the house should have been sitting like this. But after that storm, it was, it was leaning because of the winds and the damage that that storm had brought. Because a storm like that, a storm doesn't care what name's on the mailbox. It doesn't care about the landscape. It doesn't matter. A storm is a storm, and a storm's not a respecter of persons. And, and, and that's what Jesus was trying to say here in Matthew chapter 7, that a storm, it affects people that are wise and it affects people that are foolish. A storm affects just people, it affects unjust people alike. And his point in what Jesus was saying is that when the sun's shining, you need to prepare for the days when it's not. When everything is going well, you need to prepare for the storm that's coming. Build your house on the rock, he said. And Jesus, he likened our relationship with Him. He likened our relationship with the Lord to someone who's building a house. Starts, of course, with the foundation. It's the wise builder builds on a firm foundation. Our foundation is what we believe. It's our relationship with God's Word. It's our relationship with the Word of God. And, and I feel like I say this every Wednesday, but I'm going to say it again. This is why we need to read the Word of God. We need to have a relationship with God's Word because that is our foundation. What kind of a relationship do we have with the Word of the Lord? 
And so our foundation is our belief system. If our foundation is based on the word of the Lord, our faith can withstand when the rain comes and when the storms arise and when things get difficult. We can handle that if we're built upon the word of the Lord. Anybody here ever built a house? I know the Wallaces built a house here. Anybody else here ever built their house or built a house? They worked in construction business. Got several here that have done that. Um, uh, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience to build a house. It takes a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of, uh, when you start from the ground up and you're building that, um, it's, it's an investment that you, that you make when you begin to build a house I came across a verse in the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 27. I want to share here with you. Solomon included this in his writings, Proverbs 24, 27. And he said this. He said, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. A key word there is prepare. He said, prepare your work without, your work outside. Prepare all your work outside. Make it fit for thyself in the field. Take care of your fields. And then he said, then afterwards, build thy house. Um, Solomon is, you know, of course, he's writing to people who lived in an agricultural society. They, they planted crops. They lived off the land, many of them. And so he's telling them, he said, go take care of your fields Take care of your fields first so that whenever you start building your house, your fields will be able to sustain you. Don't just sit in and, and start building your house and, and neglect your, your crops and your fields, but do things in order. Prepare things. Be a wise builder. Proper priorities are important. Amen? Proper priorities are important. So prepare building this house. And so people who build things, people who build houses, oftentimes they have blueprints. Oftentimes they have plans. They have these uh, paper, this paperwork that lays out the different aspects of the construction. And, you know, it might talk about the electric, and it might talk about the, the plumbing, and then the framing, and, and all this lays out so that it, it creates a perfect picture of what the house or the building is going to look like. And blueprints are the guide. So that whenever you got different tradesmen coming in on the work site, the job site, the electrician walks in and he looks at the blueprints and and understands, okay, we're going to put electric here and here and this place and this place. The framer comes in and says, we're going to have a wall here. And we're going to build, you know, the bathroom over here and the bedroom here and the kitchen here. And he knows how the walls are going to be laid out. And the plumber comes in and says, all right, the sinks are going to be here. And this is where the toilet's going to be. And because if, if they didn't have the blueprints, the plumber might come in, Brother Jones might come in and say, you know what? That looks like a good place for a toilet. Let's put a toilet here. And then the framer comes in and says, I think I'll build a wall over here. And, and then when the project is all finished, there's a toilet sitting right in the middle of the living room. <laughs> but that's why you have plans. So that these people, this, it all comes together, each aspect of it. And when it's done, it becomes a beautiful house. It becomes a beautiful building. The Word of God is God's blueprints. He says, I've got a plan. And it covers every aspect of your life. The plan of salvation is in this book. If you want to be saved, if you want to know how to be saved, He said, repent of your sins. 
Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the washing away or the remission of your sins. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. He said that is the plan of salvation. People can't just come in off the street and say, hmm, I think it ought to be this way. I think if you'll just say this little sinner's prayer, you'll be saved. God says, wait a minute, I've already got a blueprint. You can't create your own ideas and create your own, your own way of doing it. But a successful life, being saved, depends on following the blueprints. And so he gives us the design. And, you know, every person that was saved in the New Testament was saved according to the same plan. Acts chapter 2, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Ghost. Get to Acts chapter 8, Peter preaches or excuse me, not Peter, but Philip preaches to the Samaritans. And when they believed it, they responded. They said, Philip's preaching Jesus Christ. They repented. And Philip baptized them. When, when uh, Peter and John came to Samaria, they laid their hands on those people, and they received the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 10, they repented at the preaching of Cornelius. They were baptized. Actually, they received the gift of the Spirit first, and then they were baptized. Acts chapter 19, they were baptized. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And so what that means is that God has already given us a plan. And I don't have the prerogative. I don't have the ability. I don't have the right to come along and say, you know what? I think salvation ought to be this way. If you'll just sign this piece of paper and become a part of our church, you'll be saved. I can't do that because God has already given the plan. And so he has a perfect plan for life. And so we build on this foundation. We build upon the word of the Lord. Sometimes people, they start using the word feel. I feel. I, I feel like, I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. I really feel like, and you have to be careful building your life on that word feeling because feelings we're up and we're down we're thriving and then we're struggling and that does I'm not talking bad about it. that's just life we have we have days where we're better we feel better we're doing better and if we just simply base our, our, the building of our life on how we feel, it's constantly going to be shifting like sand that's been saturated by water. It's just, just going to erode. And so what we do is we look for something that's solid. We look for something that's stable. We look for something that stood the test of time. And we say, let's get back to the Word. What does the Scripture say? What is Jesus teaching? What is Jesus telling us to do? And it becomes our foundation upon which we build our life um, and not this thing called feeling. Now, we're all emotional to one level or another. We are. God gave us emotions. Um, but our emotions are not what guides us. In fact, Jesus made this statement in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, he said, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. See, love is, love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. 29 years ago, we stood, we stood before Brother Whalen and Brother Wallace. We said, for better, for worse, richer, for poorer, sickness and in health, I do. You can kiss the bride. 
We went through the ceremony. We made the vows. But there's probably been some days along the last several years that uh, she probably didn't feel like the honeymoon stage. You know, does that make sense? She, there's probably been a day or days that she's been mad. <laughs> but that doesn't say she, does, she didn't quit loving me because we're committed to each other. And love is about commitment. It's not about feeling. And living for God, we, we keep His commandments because we love Him. We don't keep His commandments because the preacher says, you better do thus and such. But we've fallen in love with the Lord. And we want to please the Lord. We're in covenant with the Lord. We're in a contract with the Lord. This is our covenant relationship based upon the Word of the Lord. And so we love Him and we keep His commandments. We don't do things because we have to, but we do things because we want to and we get to. But the foolish man, he said, the foolish man in Matthew chapter 7, he said he has built his house upon the sand. And obviously anybody who builds their house on the sand lacks wisdom. I mean, I mean you know how it is. People who build sandcastles, they build it with the mindset that this is not going to last forever. They fill the bucket up with sand and dump it out and they build this beautiful little castle or they build a structure in the sand but they know eventually it's going to rain and it's going to wash it away or they know that the tide's going to come in and take that sand back out or they know that some kid's going to trample along the beach and and tear it all up when they build a sand castle they know it's not permanent and so we build our lives on something that's solid something that's going to last not sand sand is unstable sand is porous but the foolish man he said in verse 26 that we read The foolish man is the man who hears, Matthew 7, 26, they hear the sayings of Jesus and they do them not. This is the foolish man. This is the definition of a fool. It's somebody that knows to do what's right and they don't do it. They hear it. It's not like they don't ever come to church. They hear it, but they don't do it. They read it. They see it. Well, but they just disregard it. They hear the sayings of mine, but they don't live the sayings. And a person that subjectively, listen to me, the person that subjectively opens this book and just flips through here and says, you know what, that feels good, that looks good, I think I'll do that. Nope, not that page, not interested, nope, definitely not, that's, that's not for me. Oh, I like that, that talks about blessings and promises. I'm definitely going to live there and hold on to that. Oh, no, no, he says I have to bring my body under subjection and submit it. No, I'm not going to do that. But a person who just subjectively picks and chooses their way through the Scripture, they are building their life on an unstable foundation. They know what it says, but they don't live it. They disregard the parts that are difficult. They disregard the parts that are inconvenient. Isn't it amazing how many people live their life by convenience? I don't think I want to do that today because uh, it's not convenient. I don't think I want to pray. I don't think I want to be faithful to the house of the Lord because it's not convenient. I don't want to, I, I don't want to dress that way because it's not convenient. It's, it's, it's much more 
convenient to dress in modestly or this way or that way. See, we, sometimes we base our things, our decisions on convenience, and you, that's, that's not stable. When the storm comes, the foolish man loses it. He loses everything. The foolish man lost everything because he chose the wrong foundation. Storms are not a respect of persons. They come to everyone. When, the, when, when his storm came here in Matthew chapter 7, it began to erode away the shifting of the unstable foundation. The Bible talks about winds of doctrine, winds of teaching, winds of doctrine. They, they toss people around. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Winds of doctrine blowing. There's, there's voices out there. There's people talking. There's things being said, blown around. And, and he says in 4.14 of Ephesus or Ephesians, he said, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And I would just simply say tonight that not everything blowing out there, or not everyone blowing out there is from God. There are false teachers, there, are false, there is false doctrine, and false teachers and false doctrine has a way of blowing people off of their foundation when they're not built upon a rock. We read in our text there, Colossians 1.23, he said, be grounded and settled. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away. There are some things in our life that we need to be settled on. Amen. There are some things we need to be rock solid on. And it's the things in this book. Praise the Lord. Not moved away. See, when, when the Bible talks about and I, and I went up and I pulled, I pulled up every scripture I could find that used the word doctrine uh, a couple of days ago. And, and often when it talked about people that, were, that um, fell into false doctrine or they followed a false teacher, it, it used this kind of terminology where they, were, where they were moved away or they were tossed. It's like they got knocked off center. It's like they were standing in one position, but when the winds of false doctrine began to blow, it blew, it, it knocked them off. And now they were no longer on center. They were no longer headed in the right direction. But to be grounded and settled in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 6. Listen to what Paul says here. He said, I marvel, Galatians 1, 6, I marvel that you are so soon removed. There's that word, removed. From him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And so Paul said, here's the gospel, here's the foundation, here's the truth. But when false teachers come along and they, they sway us a different direction, well, all you, have to do is, all you have to do is say this sinner's prayer and you're safe. Paul said, no, no, get back to the sinner. The foundation, don't be removed from what I've already preached to you. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Timothy 1 and 3, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, who is his son in the gospel. He's, he's next in line, so to speak. He's 
becoming a preacher. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 3. 1 Timothy 1, 3. He said, I, As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, that thou might charge some, now notice this, that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Now notice verse number 6 here. He says, From which some having swerved, having turned aside unto vain jangling. Interesting words. But they have swerved, turning, they've turned aside. They've, they've been knocked off of their foundation. Praise the Lord. God gives people revelation, personal revelation. God gives people truth. God illuminates truth to people. And when God gives you something, don't five years or ten years, twenty years down, don't, don't just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I've got a new revelation got something else. Brother Jones and I were talking before service, and it's, it's happened to people. Where, um, sometimes he was, I got a new revelation. You didn't get a new revelation. You got a delusion. The gospel that's been delivered to us, it's, it's the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It doesn't change. It has stood the test of time. Amen. It's, I, I think it was Brother Mooney or somebody preached about, about shoes. I think it was a men's conference. He was preaching about shoes and how, how shoes wear out and you have to replace shoes. Well, the gospel doesn't wear out. The gospel doesn't change. So we're just going to preach the same message. I'm going to preach Acts 2.38. going to preach the new birth. going to keep preaching it because it's a solid foundation. And... You know, it's interesting how that as the world shifts, as, as people around us shift, it's amazing to me how much of the church culture and the church understanding, it shifts with the world. But that's not the way it's supposed to. We're supposed to be grounded and settled upon the word of the Lord. I, I loved what Brother Landon Gore said at the, at the junior camp the other day. He was preaching one night, and he said, I don't remember how he prefaced his remark, but he basically he said, he said, people don't step away from holiness. He said they step down from holiness. It's a step down. When people say, yeah, I don't believe that consecration stuff. I don't believe those standards of righteousness. I don't believe. It. He said they're not stepping away from truth. They're not stepping away from holiness. They're stepping down from it. And I thought that was so good and, and appropriate because Jesus said the person that builds their house upon the sand when the storm came and the winds blow and the rains fell, that house fell. This is the part we need to pay attention here. That house fell. And great was the fall of it. So people say, ah, oh, doctrine doesn't matter. All that stuff about being, you know, all that stuff about teachings. I don't want to get sidetracked here. But it is important, and I appreciate you folks. I appreciate you being here on Wednesday night. Wednesday night is generally a teaching service. Teaching is so important. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, it is important. You say, oh, it's teaching. That's just Brother Wallace. Sorry, Brother Wallace. I'll tell you what, if, 
if Brother Wall, whoever it is, if it's Brother Wallace or Brother Jones or myself, if we're teaching this book, I need it. Praise the Lord, because it is my foundation. If, if the only time I come to church is for the worship service because it's, because it's lively, because it's exciting, if that's the only time I come to church is when everything is, is juiced up and everything's exciting, and I neglect teaching and, and I neglect the foundation that I need, I'm missing a vital part of who I need to be, who the Lord is calling me to be. Because it is foundational. Because when the storms blow... It isn't going to be the awesome musicians that are going to carry me through the storm. It's going to be because I opened this book and the, the Lord showed me how I can endure hardship. The Lord showed me how I can endure the worst of circumstances because He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Because I learned it in a Sunday school lesson or a life class lesson that He said, that he said, in, in your weakness, you're made strong because of the Lord. See, it's scriptures like that. It's the word of the Lord. It lets me know that whenever sickness hits my household, or death hits my family, or financial reversals come at me, or the worst, you know, the, 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 everything turns upside down, it lets me know that life is not over, that I can still walk with the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to get swerved off. I'm not going to be removed or, or carried about. Because I know the truth of the Word. And I know that when the storm is over, the Lord's going to be there with me still. Praise the Lord. And so, if your life is going well right now, that's wonderful. Prepare for the storm. That's edifying, isn't it? Prepare for the storm that's coming. Because the storms come to all of us. And so when it's when it's good times in our life, when we're, we're on the mountaintop and we're excited about living for the Lord, we build our life on the foundation. We study the Word. We learn the Word. We memorize the Word. We get into the Word. And when the devil comes and tempts us, he says, lie. Tell a lie. Deceive those people. Not going to work, devil. Not going to lie. Because we know the foundation. We have the foundation. And, you know, there is, there is no shortcut when it comes to building the foundation. There's no easy fixes. We grow in the Word of the Lord Wednesday night by Wednesday night by Wednesday night by Wednesday night. I think we miss this sometimes. We grow in the Word of the Lord Sunday morning by Sunday morning by Sunday morning. We grow in the Word of the Lord Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and Thursday morning and Friday morning and Saturday morning. When we sit down or we kneel down and we open the book and we read a passage or we read a chapter, that's how we grow. That's how we build that foundation. In fact, Isaiah said, when he's, Isaiah 28, he starts talking about knowledge and, and gaining understanding. He said it is line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. You know what I've learned? Is that God gives me what I need. Is that the Lord already knows the storm I'm fixing to go through. The Lord already knows the battle that's ahead of me. And the Lord is preparing me. The Lord's putting in me what I need to know and what I need to understand. 
But if I neglect His Word or neglect His house and the time together with the Word, I might be missing the nugget. I might be missing the truth that I need that's going to help me through that time, through that storm, that's going to help me stand through that time. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. People are looking for quick fixes. People are looking for little cute sayings and one-liners to change things and to fix their help them through storms. But you listen to me, it's not going to be little one-liners and it's not going to be cute little sayings that carry you through the storm. It's going to be the, this book right here. It's going to be this book right here. That's going to carry you through the storm. Praise the Lord. I don't know anybody, and I try not to make big, vast generalizations, but I do not know anyone that has lived for very long that has not had to endure some kind of extreme difficulty or tragedy in life. I don't know anyone. If I, I can't think of anybody that's lived very long that, that they or somebody in their family perhaps has become very sick or they lost somebody in their family or they lost their job or something tragic happened in their family. I, I, I just can't. I, I thought of Ashley Bryant. You know, we've been praying for Ashley the last few days. Ashley's Brother Bryant's daughter, pastor in Sandridge, had a car wreck the other day. I don't, I, I don't know anybody that something difficult has not happened to them or somebody close to them because the rains descend and the floods come and the winds blow. But when you build your house on the foundation of the word of the Lord. Scripture says it fell not. The storm may come just through life. The storm may come from the devil. But when the storm comes and when it's over, when it stops blowing, you're still standing. You're still walking. You're still coming to church. You don't have to fall when the storm comes. You don't have to give up. When it gets hard, you don't have to leave God just because things turn upside down if you have a sure foundation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me finish here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8. Jesus Christ, the same. Did I put that one in there, Michael? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's a wonderful scripture. We quote it, but we don't always quote this one. Look, this is the next verse. Be not carried about with divers, means diverse, and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied there. Be not carried about. Don't be carried around. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's our example. He's our model. We want to be like Jesus. We want to love like Jesus. We want to love on the level that Jesus loved. We want to forgive people on the level that Jesus forgave people. We want to respond to people on the level that, that Jesus responded to people. We want to be like the Lord. And sometimes in our foundation, just think about this with me for a minute. Sometimes in our foundation, there are cracks. You ever seen a house where the bricks have this stair-step crack down in them? You ever seen a stem wall that has a crack in it, a foundation that's been cracked? Sometimes our foundation in living for the Lord has a crack in it. 
What that is is whenever the Lord begins to show us things down in here that need to be shorn up. Things in our heart and our life. You need to fix that. You've got some bitterness in there. You need to shore that up. You need to get that out. You've got some jealousy in there. You want to be like the Lord. You want to be like Him. And sometimes we have to go in and do a little bit of foundation repairs. The Lord shows us things in His Word. But to be like Him and stand on a strong foundation, a firm foundation, and have our heart established with grace. I want to be solid today. Amen. I want to be true. I want to be genuine. I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to be wishy-washy, but I want to be genuine before the Lord, and I want to be like the Lord. Would you stand with me, please? Praise the Lord. There's an old chorus we used to sing, and if you know it, I want you to help me sing it. We're just going to sing it a cappella, I think. I don't want to be a solo up here, but there's an old chorus that says, To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like Him All through life's journey From earth to glory I only ask to be like Him Sing it again To be like Jesus to be like Jesus on earth I long to be like Him all through life's journeys from earth to glory I only ask to be like him hallelujah lord we love you we praise you tonight we thank you lord for the truth of your word we thank you oh god that you lord have given us an example lord you have spoken your word of truth into our lives and i pray tonight god help me to be faithful to your word help me to be true lord to the things that you've spoken to me not to be a hearer only but to be a doer lord of where you want me to go and to be, Lord, what you've called me to be. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you tonight. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence, oh God. I thank you for this group of people here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in our hearts. I pray blessing upon each one of us, oh God. And I pray protection, Lord, as we travel home tonight. Bless our families and our homes, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Love and appreciate our church family. Let's have a great rest of the week. Invite somebody to church on Sunday morning. Consider yourself dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you.